Welcome to the Magis Pod, brought to you by Saints Peter and Paul Jesuit Church, a diverse Catholic community located in the oldest church building in the heart of downtown Detroit. For the links to the readings, check the show notes. Enjoy Father Gary's latest homily. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light, so said the prophet Isaiah. And we hear that echoed in the gospel today. And of course, the light and darkness that are spoken of in these readings are metaphors. It's obvious they're not literal. It's not that uh, Nazareth got new street lights like Detroit did after the bankruptcy. Remember that when we got all new street lights all of a sudden? <laughs> no, it's not about that. It's not that the sun finally came out in Capernaum after. I think we've had 22 days of clouds straight with no sunshine. No, it's a metaphor for a spiritual experience. A spiritual experience of darkness and light. And as it is with so many things in the spiritual life, often we cannot understand what is held out to us, the promises and the wonders and the good things God wants to give us because we can't even imagine them. And so it is that we often grow spiritually by way of contrast with the negative things. So if we ask ourselves, what, what does the gospel, what does Isaiah mean by spiritual light? We might scratch our heads and say, well, I don't really know. But I bet we've all have some experience of spiritual darkness. We all have some experience of spiritual darkness. St. Ignatius of Loyola, the founder of the Jesuits in his spiritual exercises, describes it pretty well in his description of spiritual desolation. He says, uh, it's obtuseness of soul, turmoil within, impulsive motions towards low and earthly things, disquiet. He says, uh, these movements within us lead toward a lack of faith, leave one without hope and without love. One is completely listless, tepid, unhappy, and feels separated from our Creator and Lord. So I'm making a bet that everybody here <laughs> has had some experience like that at some point in our lives, huh? We know what spiritual darkness is. We feel lost. We don't know where we're going. We don't know what the next step is in life. We've suffered some great loss, the loss of a job or a position, an opportunity, maybe the loss of a loved one, maybe the loss of somebody we were dating for a long time, loss of a spouse. These things can leave us in darkness. We're wondering, what's going on in life? Why has God abandoned me? Like St. Ignatius says, we feel God is far away. So it's from these, actually, from these negative experiences of darkness that we begin to learn what the light is. All you have to do is start imagining the opposite of the darkness to get a sense of the light, to get a sense of what God wants to give to us, what God's presence brings to us in our lives. Now in the gospel today, it's really spelled out. There's many ways you could spell it out, but there's one way 
in the gospel today that describes what it is like when the light comes. Because the writer of the gospel is saying, when Jesus showed up on the scene, a great light came to the people. When Jesus began his ministry, those who had dwelt in the land of gloom, in the land of death, began to see light. And it's put very simply because in the gospel today, we get one of the two places in Matthew's gospel, and you, you know we'll be reading Matthew's gospel all this coming year. It's one of the two places where we get a summary of the ministry of Jesus. At the very end it says, he went around all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. So that's one thing he does. He's talking. He's using his mouth to give people good news, to give them words of encouragement, to give them hope, to tell them about God and about the goodness of God and what God intends for God's creation and for all of us. So he's teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and curing every disease and illness among the people. So he's not just talking. He's enacting what he's saying. He's bringing this kingdom of God, this reign of God, into reality, into their lives by acts of compassion, by healing, by curing, by setting things right that were wrong in people's lives. There's also a third thing that Jesus does and these things make up the light. You know, if we want to know what is the spiritual light that people got from Jesus, well, he spoke words of light, of hope, encouragement. He did deeds of light. He brought about healing. And the third thing he did was he called disciples. He gathered followers together into a community to be co-workers with him, collaborators with him, co-laboring with him in the work of bringing light into the world, to collaborate with him in the work of spreading the good news, speaking the good news of God's love, and of bringing healing to people. Now what does this all mean for you and me in our lives today? You know, Matthew sounds like he's telling you a story about something that happened. And he is. He's saying, this is what happened when Jesus came and started his ministry. But of course, he's writing that maybe 40, 50, 60 years after Jesus was long dead and gone from this world. So what is he writing about? He's saying these same things can happen in your life. So when I tell you these are the three things that Jesus did to bring light, I'm not talking about something that just happened long ago, but what happens right now in our lives. What happens today? It's talk about the risen Jesus, the Holy Spirit of Jesus who is present and active among us and within us. And these same three things that Jesus did way back when are what bring light into your life 
and my life today. So it's any time that our ears and our eyes and our hearts are open to receive the good news of God's love. And we know there's lots of toxic religion around. Maybe some of us grew up with it. There's lots of religion of exclusivity and walling out people and saying they don't belong. There's lots of religion that's condemnatory and accusatory. We've all been exposed to this. There was just a, a couple of very interesting articles in CNN I online that I happened to see yesterday about the rise of kind of a fraudulent Christianity in the United States among certain sectors. And we see that also in the Catholic Church. So when we start to hear good news, <laughs> that's what the gospel means, that's what it's called, the good news of God's love and compassion and desire to heal us, desire to gather everyone together who belongs in the family of God, and that's everyone, that's good news. It begins to dawn a light for us in our minds that maybe God isn't the bad guy and the judge that we thought God was. God isn't sorting out the good from the bad the way we sometimes picture God, but God is gathering together all the people that God created. God wants to restore humanity to what he had in mind at the beginning of creation. That's the wonder of the good news. When we begin to hear that in our lives and to open up to it, the light starts to shine for us. The light goes on for us. And Jesus in the Holy Spirit continues to do works of healing in our lives. Sometimes that's physical healing. I've experienced that myself. I've told that story here. Some of you I know have experienced pretty amazing physical healings in your life through prayer. But most often it's probably a spiritual healing for us. It's the healing of the wounds of our past the release from our resentments and angers from what has happened to us in our lives, the, the healing of our fears about the future that are based on those things that happened in the past, the healing of our family of origin issues, all the things that psychology brings forth for us. That's what the spiritual life is all about. It's entering into this journey with Jesus and the Holy Spirit that is constantly doing the work of healing within us, restoring us to the image that God intended when we were made, to be images of God's glory and goodness in this world. We live lives of healing if we but let God do that work within us. And finally, and I think this is the most amazing part of all, just like Jesus called those disciples, the Holy Spirit is at work in us, calling us. So what happens if we hear the good news, we begin to see the light, we are excited by the goodness of God, and we enter into the spiritual journey, we begin to have a spiritual life to take God seriously, and we see the healing that's at work in us, healing our past, liberating us, freeing us, it leads very naturally to becoming aware that I am called, I am chosen. God wants me as a companion. God wants me to join in the great work that God is about in this world. 
that spirit of Jesus is calling me to be a disciple, to be a follower, to learn to live in the ways of Jesus, but also to be a companion with him in his work. How amazing is that? You and me, in our humanness, in our weakness, in our frailty, in our brokenness, and you know, the messy acts that each of us are, we never quite get ourselves together. Jesus says, God loves you just like that and calls you to the dignity, to the nobility of being a companion in the work of Christ, the work of God in this world. You know, those first Jesuits, the followers of St. Ignatius, very deliberately chose a name for their new religious order. What did they call it? La Compagnie de Jesus, the companions of Jesus. And that's true of each and every one of us. We are called to be companions with Jesus. Wow, <laughs> what a life's calling. What a dignity, what a nobility that is given to us to be able to know that if we let the Holy Spirit just do a little bit of what the Spirit wants to do in us, we're going to participate in that mission. We're going to become light in this world. We're going to become speakers of good news who can talk a little bit at least with our friends and neighbors and family about the goodness of God, about the good things we have experienced. And we become healers in this world and not wounders. We become participants in God's great movement of healing to bring compassion, to bring restoration, to bring reconciliation into all of our human relationships. We stand here in January at the beginning of a new church year. And whether we think in secular terms, we know it's the beginning of a new year and we know what that will bring. It will bring a lot of snow in winter and then it'll be springtime and then we'll get some summer holidays and then it'll be fall again. You know, we know it, the drill of what the year is. And if we think in church terms, we know that too. We know, well, we're in this little lull between Christmas and Lent, which is only how far away? One month, February 22nd, Lent starts, huh? And then we'll go through Lent, and then Easter, and then we'll be back to ordinary time for a long time, and then Advent comes again. We might say, well, it's the same old, same old. We know the drill. We know the story of a new year. And here we are. We see the beginning of Matthew's gospel, the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. But if that's the way we're thinking, we haven't seen the light yet. Because when we see the light, we know that each year is something new. We have never lived this year before. We have ne a new week is starting today. We have never lived this week before. We have never lived this day before. And we've never lived this very moment before. And each moment is new a new revelation of God's presence and love, a new moment to experience the Holy Spirit of Jesus encouraging us with that good news, bringing us new healing in our lives, another step in our healing journey, and calling us anew to share in that amazing mission 
to be light for those who have dwelt in a land of gloom and under the shadow of death, to be light in the darkness of our world today. As always, thank you for listening. To learn more about the community at Saints Peter and Paul Jesuit, check out our website, sspjesuit.org, or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Links for all three can be found in the show notes. Until next time, be well and God bless.